Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Alisha and I'm all the way from South Africa. Oh my goodness, guys. It's been a while. I'm so sorry. If it's your first time joining, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. I'm sorry I've been MIA, but I'm back now. Life has been a little hectic, but it's okay. It's okay and we're okay. I got a cat, so I mean, she's driving me crazy, but we're fine. Her name is Bonnie and she doesn't want to leave me alone now. So if you hear strange sounds, it's her. Okay. Oh my goodness. Do any of you know stories from South Africa? Do you know any interesting facts about South Africa? Well, I'll tell you. South Africa's population estimation is around 60.6 million people. Yeah, that's a lot, right? 60.6 million. Unfortunately, people are people and with a bunch of people, you don't always get good nuggets, you get some bad nuggets, I mean bad eggs, sorry. I like talking about chicken nuggets, so that's what I'm using as an example. Now, people are... Oftentimes, controlled by the seven sins, you know, like greed and lust and pride and sloth and you name it. People have it. We have a bunch of varieties of it as well. And sometimes, people have other things as well, you know, that makes them just a little more special. And um, they start hurting other people and being super mean and um, potentially killing people. And I, I mean, I don't mean that in a nice special, that's definitely like a, a special, 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 batshit uh, crazy. Now, South Africa is a is a big country <laughs> just just a little big if you know the size of Poland then South Africa is about 3.9 so almost four times the size of Poland it is a really big country and uh, yes we have 60.6 million people but that still leaves a lot of uncovered lands you know but um, South Africa is very abundant in its diversity, people, um, cultures, languages, areas, you know, like natural environments. We have two oceans, we have um, grasslands and savannas and woodlands and you name it, we've possibly, possibly got it and crazy animals. 
Now, I'm not here to give you a nature lesson, even though that's what I studied. If you want a nature lesson, I can do one some other time, but at the moment, I'm going to tell you about a serial killer that lived in South Africa, that's from South Africa, but she's deceased. Yes, it's a female, and um, her name was Daisy Damalker, but actually her name was Daisy Louisa Hanukorn Smith, and she was born on the 1st of June in 1886. Now, poor Daisy was one of 11 children that was born in Grahamstown or near Grahamstown which is Eastern Cape for people who have been to South Africa or want to look at a map but um when she was <laughs> sorry I thought of a joke my friend makes when I say but um it's like drum sounds anyway when she was about 12 she went to Bulawayo, which is in Zimbabwe, to live with her father and two of her brothers. But then, about three years later, she went to a boarding school in the Good Hope Seminary School in Cape Town. Um, I don't know where that is. I have no idea, but it's a boarding school, so I mean... Uh, and then she returned to Zimbabwe, Rhodesia back and then that time, um, in 1903. Okay, but she got bored because, you know, small town life and rural life um, was not for her. It was boring. And then she soon after returned to South Africa and enrolled in a nursing home in Durban. Yeah, the nursing home was Bere Nursing Home. Yeah, I don't know. Now, she still went on holidays to Rhodesia to see her father, you know? And on one of the holidays, she met a person and fell in love and this young man's name was Bert Fuller and he was a civil servant in the native affairs department and they got engaged and planned to marry in 1907 in October sorry 1907 however he was contracted oh I'm sorry not contracted he was he contracted um, where am I he contracted black water fever and he died and um, Daisy was at his bedside and it happened on the very day they planned to get married they were very tragic very tragic but um fuller left the will for Daisy with a hundred pounds. Now back in that time, 
that was a lot of money. A hundred pounds especially went very far in 19 something, 1908-1912, who knows when this happened. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> it happened in 1907. I forgot. <laughs> now, in March 1909, about 18 months after Bert Fuller's death, Daisy married William Alfred Cowell and he was a plumber in Johannesburg. She was 23 and he was 36. Oh my goodness. And they had five children, but four of them died. The first twins died in infancy and the third died. The third child died of an abscess on the lever and the fourth um, suffered convulsions and bowel trouble and died at the age of 15 months but the last one was the surviving child Rhodes Sissel and he was born in June 1911 now <laughs> Early on the morning of 11th of January 1923, William Cowell became ill suddenly after taking Epsom salt prepared by his wife. He went to go see a doctor and he did not consider it, consider it a serious condition and he prescribed him um, a mixture to drink, a bromide mixture. I can check what it is, give me a moment. Oh, it is used to treat epilepsy. Bromide was used to treat epilepsy or is still used to treat epilepsy. And to no surprise, his condition deteriorated rapidly and not long after he left the doctor his condition turned to the for the worst his wife summoned the neighbors to help and called for other another doctor is like please please help my husband please and poor mr cowell was in extreme excruciating pain when the the second doctor finally arrived. He was foaming from his mouth and he was blue in the face and he was screaming in agony as if anyone touched him and that was until he died. So the second doctor got suspicious from the symptoms and he suspected that it was, I don't know how to say this, strachnine poisoning? Uh, but um, yeah, anyway, he suspected poisoning and then he refused to sign the death certificate. Oh my goodness, plot twist. 
So they did, they did do a course of death exam and um, it was done by the district district surgeon Dr. Fargus and he certified the death to be chronic nephritis and cerebral hemorrhage my goodness these doctor terms do not work well in my mouth Um, so Daisy Cowell the sole beneficiary of her husband's will inherited a thousand seven hundred and ninety five pounds oh poor old Daisy oh she must be so lonely so years later at the age of 36 and three years to the day after the death of her first husband Daisy married another plumber that's clearly where the money lies um, sorry his name was Robert Sprout and he was 10 years her senior so he was 46 she was 36 in October 1927 Robert Sprout became violently ill. He was in great agony and he suffered severe muscle muscle spasms similar to those experienced by William Cowell, her first husband. But, guys, he recovered. A few weeks later, he suffered a second fatal attack after drinking some beer in the company of his wife and stepson. Uh, he died on the 6th of November 1927. Dr. Malnick, the attending physician, certified that the cause of death was arteriosclerosis and cerebral hemorrhage. No autopsy was performed to confirm his suspicions. And then following Robert Spout's death, his widow inherited over 4,000 pounds plus a further 560 pounds by paid by his pension fund oh my goodness yeah in the 1900s you should have married plumbers in South Africa that's where the money was guys that's where the money was now just to make things worse on the 21st of January 1931 Daisy married for the third time her husband was a widower Sidney Clarence the Malker who like her previous two husbands was a plumber by this time Rhodes Cowell was 19 
His sister-in-law, Eileen Lamalker, thought him lazy and remarked that he was often unwilling to get up for work in the morning. Poor Rhodes, his mom is a psychopath. Of course she don't want to get up for work. But others during his mom's trial said that he was bright and conscientious. It's a big word, conscientious. So a girl met him during a party once and said he was a true gentleman. Hmm. Now, why am I talking about Rhodes, Daisy's son? Well, she actually killed him too. Yeah, it's quite confusing um, <laughs> why she did it. So, one of the speculations was that Rhodes started thinking that he would in inherit some of the money at the age of 21 and maybe he was demanding a, a bunch of money more than she could give him and another one was that she maybe just didn't like him at all but um, <laughs> yeah some people say that she honestly didn't like her own son and he was a burden and he was pampered and he wanted a lot of things like he was greedy and he showed no um, sign of appreciation he was just like I want more I want more I want more but in um, late in February 1932 Mrs. de Malker traveled many kilometers for from Germiston, which is in the Johannesburg area, to Turfontein, I honestly don't know where that is, but it doesn't matter, because why did she travel all of that distance? I can tell you how far it is. Well, it's a three-hour walk and a 22-minute drive. It's not that far. <laughs> honestly, it's all in the Johannesburg area. But the reason why she went there is to get a bit of arsenic from one of the chemists in the area. She used her former name Sprout and claimed that it was required to poison a sick cat. Oh my goodness, guys, I have a cat now. Don't drag cats into the story. I'm also sure though. One of the reasons why she might have killed Rhodes is because he became suspicious of all these dead husbands, dead plumbers to be exact. And maybe he was threatening that if she doesn't give him a specific amount of money, that he will go to the police, you know, threatening her. I don't know. But about a week later, on Wednesday, the 2nd of March, 1927, poor Rhodes suddenly took ill. 
and um, it happened at work after drinking coffee from a thermos flask which his mommy made for him in the morning that's so sweet and a fellow worker James Webster also became violently ill sorry sick and ill and um, Webster only drank a little amount of the coffee but he recovered a few days later unfortunately though Rhodes died at home in the middle of the day the following day on Saturday uh, a post-mortem you know um, what's the word a post-mortem certificate I don't know, stated that Rhodes died from cerebral malaria and he was buried the next day. That was very, very fast, like very icy. Oh, but poor Daisy. On the 1st of April, she received a hundred pounds from Rhodes's life insurance. But, <laughs> guys, it doesn't end here. William Sprout, her dead husband's brother, had become suspicious. Eventually, he conveyed his suspicions to the authorities. On the 15th of April, the police finally obtained a court order permitting to exhume the bodies of Rhodes Cowell, Robert Sprout, and William Cowell. The first body to be removed was Rhodes Cowell. The corpse was found to be in an unusually good state and that was a characteristic that there was arsenic large quantities of arsenic in the body because it was preserving it <gasps> wow and unfortunately because the body was in such a good state the government analyst was able to find some traces of arsenic in his backbone and hair and I mean the bodies of William Cowell and Robert Sprout were largely decomposed they still found traces of strachnin in the vertebrae of each man yeah, I don't know what that poison is. Oh, now I know. It is used for killing small invertebrates, like rats. So, basically, she killed her first two husbands with rat poison. How nice. Now, you remember Webster, Jake Webster, or James Webster, the colleague of Rhodes? That also got sick from the coffee well 
they were able to find arsenic traces in his hair and in his fingernails. Dun dun dun. So a week later, the police arrested Mrs. Daisy Damalker and she was charged with the murder of all three men. Oh my goodness. So with this, the interest in the case of Daisy the Malker grew and in the newspapers ran with the story and got a lot of coverage. Now the Terfontein chemist where she got her arsenic from recognized Daisy the Malker from a newspaper photograph and he identified her as Mrs. D. L. Sprout who had signed the poison's register and went he went to the police with that now unsurprisingly the the Melker case the trial lasted 30 days that's still a long time with so many like so many fingers pointing towards her so much evidence gained up um, against her now <laughs> 60 witnesses were called um and <laughs> i mean to present the for forensic evidence, the Crown, which who called the 60 witnesses, um, employed the services of Dr. J. M. Watt, an expert toxologist and professor of pharmacology at the Witwatersrand University. Oh my goodness, so many big words. Well. To sum up, before his verdict, before giving his verdict, the judge pointed out that the state had been unable to prove conclusively that Cowell and Sprout had died of strychnine poisoning, the rat poison man, the rat poison. It does not convince me, nor does it convict the accused, he said. On the third count, however, he had come to the inescapable conclusion that Mrs. Damauger had murdered her son. That was evident because Rhodes Cowell had died of arsenic poisoning and the coffee flask had traces of arsenic and the accused had put the arsenic into the flask. <laughs> Sorry, there's no escaping from that. On the Wednesday, prior to Rhodes Cowell's death, and the defense of suicide was unattainable. So, <laughs> I mean, those are just nails in the coffin, right? Guys, I'm sorry. I am just fighting with my cat because it decided to walk over my laptop. Yes. Parental kitties, birth, 
parents and kitty fights. It's fine. It's fine. We're all fine. Well, anyway, so when the judge turned to pass the sentence to Mrs. De Malker, her face whitened and for a moment all strength seemed to leave her body. And he said, You have been found guilty of murder of the murder of your son of murdering your son only of murdering the son and he said do you have anything to say where she says I am not guilty of poisoning my son well long story short on the morning of December 30th 1932 like right before New Year's Daisy the Malker was hanged yes so that concludes the story of Daisy the Malker I hope you really enjoyed it she was thrice married so married three times she lost two of her husbands under mysterious circumstances but it took the death of her son to be convicted so there you go guys thank you so much for tuning into my podcast I beg of you please don't do anything stupid be safe make smart choices live your best lives okay bye